0: When Barack Obama chose Joe Biden to be his running mate in 2008, I was delighted. I had always been enthusiastic about Joe Biden as a political figure, and I loved his role in the 08 campaign as the no bullshit happy warrior. Remember noun and verb in 9-11, that was so great. While Biden's persona and personal charms probably figured into the Obama campaign's choice to bring Biden on board, it wasn't the main reason. To reassure an electorate that might be wary of an inexperienced Black presidential candidate, they put an elder statesman by his side, someone whose very presence vouched for the qualities of the man at the top of the ticket. There was no doubt that a tragedy should strike. The next vice president of the United States would be ready and more than qualified to take over. Not unlike George W. Bush's choice to tap Dick Cheney in 2000, Biden would be the adult supervision. Certainly, Biden's trademark folksiness would help sell the Obama candidacy to those who might not be quite as excited about diversity and cosmopolitanism by speaking to them in terms to which they could relate. But these were bonuses. In my opinion, it was all about the picture of the two of them together, the image of the exciting and untested buttressed by the familiar and the trusted. The message was that Joe would look after Barack and make sure that the new guy found his footing. Parenthetical. Honestly, I have difficulty trying to come up with a presidential ticket in which the two candidates complimented each other as well as Obama and Biden did, save perhaps Biden and Harris, which you know, I'll get into in a bit. Bill Clinton and Al Gore are in the ballpark as these two ridiculously intelligent young southerners with diametrically opposing personalities that somehow clicked electorally. But still, almost all of the other pairings I can think of feel forced. Pence as a Christian Band-Aid for Trump. Tim Kaine as the blatantly inoffensive white male for Hillary Clinton. Paul Ryan as a youthful junior executive sidekick to Romney. Sarah Palin. Eh. Ah. Mm Ah! And John Edwards as John Kerry's personal TV ambulance chaser. God help us. It's now fairly common to see presidents task their VPs with particular portfolios as a way of, one, communicating the importance of an issue by putting it in the hands of the vice president, and two, giving the poor guy something to do. But think of some of the things that President Obama handed to Vice President Biden. Implementation of the Recovery Act after the financial meltdown, saving the auto industry, upgrading workforce training, addressing violence against women, cultivating and maintaining relations with foreign leaders, and the moonshot to cure cancer. These were all caretaking roles. They conveyed a message. People who have been hurt, whose lives have been upended, people who have lost jobs, people who have been alienated, people who are scared, people who are sick, Joe Biden is gonna take care of you. Now, think back to March of this year. Biden's campaign in the Democratic primaries had been shaky at best and was being more or less written off until his blowout victory in South Carolina. Coinciding with the sudden awareness of the threat posed by this coronavirus thing, Biden's victory there seemed to change something in the very air. Candidates began dropping out before Super Tuesday and endorsing him. I got the sense that they were relieved to be doing so. The coming general election campaign was going to be the ugliest and most brutal in generations. The mysterious virus was looming. No one knew what was going to happen. With a sense of foreboding and anxiety that few could have articulated at the time, the Democratic Party and its electorate turned to a father figure, a figure of stability, normalcy, and comfort someone to watch over them and take care of them. And that was Joe. The choice of Kamala Harris as Biden's own running mate makes even more sense to me now, seen in this light. There was no shortage of brilliant, utterly qualified candidates, but Senator Harris represented something I think few others could. As a social progressive with a law enforcement background, as a woman of mixed ethnic background and the daughter of immigrants, as a stepparent in a modern, multi-faith family. And as a woman who pulls no punches for vice presidents, former or current, she is the future. She is really the present. But the electorate is not always ready for the present. By choosing her as his second-in-command, Joe Biden sets the stage for her ascension, for the ascension of a whole new generation. And he is trusted to do that. I think we got Joe Biden at this moment because we're a nation in pain. racked with fear and anger, unable to nurse our old wounds while triaging the new ones. To replace the current president, who seeks only to inflame every gash and tear at every stitch, we need someone who will tend to us, heal us, take care of us. I don't think Joe Biden ever thought of himself that way, but this is the burden that he's been given in his personal and his public life. Time and again, he has been asked to take care of us, and he always has. If Joe Biden is elected, it'll be because we needed him to take care of us one more time. An addendum. This was written a couple of days before election day, and indeed, Biden was elected. Hurry for that. But Biden's victory did not translate into a wave of wins for Democrats more broadly. Swing states were uncomfortably close. Trump actually won more total popular votes this time than he did in 2016, and he made alarming gains with certain minority populations. And perhaps most tellingly, most Republican senators in competitive races kept their seats. Republicans made gains in the House and also kept their stranglehold on state legislatures, which might be the most tragic outcome of all. Biden won decisively, but he didn't win in a blowout. The country did not race into his arms, as one might have hoped, and as the piece that I just read to you might have presumed. But I actually think that these mixed election results bolster the idea of Biden as a caretaker. The electorate's consensus on Biden was, of course, a call for change. But it was not an indication that Americans as a whole were seeking wholesale change. They largely held on to their current lawmakers and leaders down ballot. Most Americans agreed that in times as weird and frightening as these, Trump was not the guy to see them through, but rather a source of much of that anxiety and uncertainty. They did not feel the same way about their senators, governors, representatives. By keeping them in power, they were choosing what in their mind was a kind of stability. Trump, though the sitting president and one who ought to represent stasis, is obviously the antithesis of stability, and so he had to go. Biden, though the challenger, was known, familiar, trusted. Biden was the element of stability and normalcy the electorate sought, and by all accounts, it looks like that's as far as the voters were willing to go. Not Obama-style change, not Trump-style chaos, but Biden-style stability. Don't shake up anything else, said the electorate. Just switch out that one crazy guy in charge with someone we already trust. Let us keep the devils we already know in place. Let Trump take care of himself and let Joe take care of everything else. Let Joe take care of us. The burden on Biden is even greater than I expected. Now that he's been elected to be our caretaker, one can only hope that now we let him do it.